This is Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 170, Padmasambhava, part 8. Well, let's see, I think we, this is Canto 8, but we read 1 through 3 in part 1, we read 4 through 6 in part 2. This is not Canto 8, is it? This is Padmasambhava, part 8. I should have gone with my intuition. Canto 12 <clears throat> is what we're going to be reading today. Our special guest, as per usual, is uh, Lord Rinpoche, uh, Padmasambhava himself, as well as Long Chenpa. Um, he's here today. He um, was part of the Nyingma Dzogchen tradition. Uh, he was a 14th century master who contributed a great deal to that lineage, but that's not what you came here for. Now, is it? Can you hear the rain? It's nice. All right. Um, I will go ahead and get to the reading without further ado. Canto 12. Let's cue the Tibetan bells, the first album, the... Uh, Henry Wolf, Nancy Jennings, uh, the old 70s one. My dad used to listen to this. So, anyway, Canto 12. <clears throat> the description of the regions in the country of Udiyana. At that time, toward the west, in the land of Udiyana, embraced two-thirds of the earth. Its appearance was that of a pair of hollow symbols. It contained five large countries and 21 smaller countries, 180 large districts, and 99 large cities. Danakosa, a country of large size, was in the middle. In the sovereign city of Karumati, there was at that time the palace of the Nine Tufts, a precious palace of beryl, with a four-sided golden pinnacle sparkling and gleaming, and with turquoise balustrades hung with silk valences. There were courts and gates guarded by the four Garudas. Garuda. Guest number three. Move the rock from the charnel ground where Lord Padmasambhava went through his agori phase make room for Garuda. And all was encircled with handsome galleries and ramparts. There it was that King Indra Bhati Indra Bhati reigned surrounded by 100 ministers of 
the interior, and 1,000 ministers of the exterior. And he took as his wife the shining queen. In the middle of the palace of the nine tufts, a stupa that had risen spontaneously, a sanctuary dedicated to Haruka, and richly studded with precious stones. Diffused to the ten points of space, many sheaves of light rays. It had a white part, like onyx, made of priceless crystal, having arisen all by itself and resembling onyx. It was a dazzling stupa. It rose up roundly with its beautifully designed terraces, towering as high as a voice can carry, where fear never holds sway. Each each squared stone of this stupa measured a fathom of Brahma. And to the number of three for each league of distance displaying the five-fold banner, there could be seen the castle of cloud of the good law the cavern of the immutable Vajra, the cemetery of heaped-up black clouds, the palace of spontaneous structure, and the temple of Heruka, a square building that was a very pure apparition of the Dharma. The entrances numbered from one and two up to 800. Outside the entrances and their vaults, there were 1,000 large citadels guarded by yaksas. And there were 180 going all around with eight entries. Surrounded by fiery moats, and tracks for wild beasts, and lakes filled with fish, and mountains of skeletons. Where the retinue of the goddess of the cemeteries, and the ferocious demons of the maladies, dragged along whole armfuls of skins. The last walk was girt with diamond walls, ringed about by the king of the clouds. There were the dakinis of the world, and the dakinis of the deeds, and the dakinis of the fourfold learning, and the dakinis of knowledge. There were eight ramparts, with many gates, with many gates, of benediction. Below, the dakinis of the world circumambulated in a processional, and underneath them, the nagas made offerings. In the middle, the dakinis 
of the deeds circumambulated and above the dakinis of knowledge circumambulated as well. On a stone staircase was a ritual vase or vase whose four sides had affixed to them the four great seals of the four tasks. And from the vase there arose by itself the substance of the causal data. Above the four doors rose the pediment of the gazelles, and below were the ten letters of the vital essence of the tutelary saints, and everything was girdled by flames at night, by a rainbow in daytime, and was veiled perpetually by clouds and gentle vapors. There were dense groves of variegated trees around which were vast stretches of water, with birds nesting and beasts roaring. The vase contained the secret mantras, the utter profundity of the Dharma. The urn in the stupa contained the relics of the Tathagata. Situated there also was the temple of prophecy, consisting of a brilliant cerulean substance. Uh, Editor Edward, would you mind looking up cerulean for us? Cerulean means a deep blue color like a clear sky. Thank you. A substance intangible. The temple was such that it resembled the rainbow. Next were the confines of the land of the Dakinis, with its four women's cities that housed 100,000 myriads of Dakinis. And on each one of those cities' altars reposed the secret formulas, incommensurable and profound. With the palace of the nine tufts situated at the center, the country of Jambumala lay to the east. To the south, Parpartadvipa, Opposite the western facade, the country of Nagasibi. To the north, Kakasambala. To the south, the country of the god of fire and of the seers. To the southwest, the country of the ogres. To the northwest, the country of the god of the wind. To the southeast, that of the god of obstacles. Of the history unabridged of the lives of the guru of Udiana, Padmasambhava, this is the twelfth canto, the description of the series of countries in the country of Udiana. Sealed O.
All right. Um, Udiana, of course, in present day, is in, if I'm not mistaken, northern Pakistan. Comment below if I got that wrong. And, uh, all right. Well, I don't know about you, but I am going to be re-listening to that with my eyes closed and uh, visualizing that whole scene. Special thanks to Padmasambhava, Longchempa, and Garuda for being our guests today. This is a little bit of a short one, but it's okay. Um, all right. Thank you all for tuning in. I will go ahead and close. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.